Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. Welcome to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. And today I have Taya Slobodjanuk. How are you, Taya, this morning? Are you good? Good morning, Mark. I am uh, good. Uh, very happy to be here. And thank you, of course, to invite me as your guest. Absolutely. I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to this because you've got a few things in your wheelhouse that I'm really intrigued about, especially since you've traveled the world you are an expat psychologist you're a psychosocial advisor and a world traveler and certainly the world traveling part really uh, stood out for me looking forward to asking you a little bit about that as well Taya but what I want to do is I want to dive straight in with you this morning one of your mantras is life is a direction not a destination how do we know what direction to take in life my uh, best guess is will be that um, using the intuition and try to achieve your goals uh, when you have some uh, target in your life that might bring you to the best destination that you want to, to be. Because often we use our mind, our brain to think about and to lead our life. But we forget about the uh, intuition part in our life that might be much more valuable for us instead of using all kinds of business formulas to achieve something that we want to have. And what would you say intuition is? We hear the word intuition a lot. You know, I have an understanding of what it means to me. What does it really mean to you? And where, where, where do you f- think it's located? Is it within the body? Uh, this is a very nice, good question. Maybe we can uh, uh, take your advice and call it like we have Orhan somewhere, the extra one that is invisible. And I would say that there are several components for intuition, that it could be that we have our gut feeling that help us and lead us and maybe even the protecting. But uh, as I am a scientist and we look, of course, uh, for the best explanation for this type of thing. So um, we have an eye for little detail and we collect all kinds of information on the way in our life and store somewhere in our brain. And while we need it, our brain is very loyal to us. It gives us as a solution. So basically people think intuition is a hocus pocus, but it is scientifically proven that it's our brain is helping us uh, to making it the best decisions. And my best advice is for everybody, please use your intuition because this is the best guidance in your life. I love that. And I, I like that you said that you believe that intuition is kind of created through the collection of impressions that we receive as we go through life. I've, I've not heard it put that way before, but it makes a lot of sense to have like that inner compass. 
Yes, it's something that um, quite often our brain uh, through our senses pick up all kinds of information. That's why at the end of the day, we are tired or without we realize that we have seen things that we not even though realize how much things, uh, our impression, as you call it, we see a day. And it's stored somewhere in our brain. So when we need it, our brain give it to us. So this is the one, the biggest component, of course, of our intuition. Mm. Yes. And the more that we can tap into that and like withdraw from those impressions, then we can actually find a direction that's congruent and, and that really resonates, you know, with, with what it is that we really enjoy, what we like and what we're good at. So that's really wonderful. Now, I wanted to ask you as well, like you're a world traveler, you've visited over 47 countries. You know, what is that like? And, and where does your appetite for travel come from? And maybe what experiences have been the most valuable in wandering the earth? Uh, Mark, actually, it is 55 plus, and is I it? want to continue, so <laughs> it, I'm a little bit updating um, uh, the information on my travel. Uh, I love traveling, as you already mentioned it, and choice of the countries, uh, it's a good question. I think I usually go on my uh, intuition or interests. And um, by going to the country, I love to discover what people drink, what they eat, what them, their culture, religion, uh, how many foreigners or expats are in this country, and what kind of uh, cultures um, they, um, they have uh, amongst themselves. It's interesting to know uh, and to be in not just a, a tourist, but look through the eyes of a person who lives there in that country. And of course, the historical part is very fascinating. That's uh, what for me, uh, it will be number one uh, to go visit all kinds of interest uh, points of interest, a cultural or historical. And I guess uh, if I would think about my best trips, one of them, uh, Jordan, there has been enormously lot of uh, historical points in this country. And I've been traveled several times by car from one point Jordan to the other one, I visited uh, places where there was no hotels and we need to overnight. And uh, we have been hosted by uh, just a local people who was provide us a simple meal, a bed with the blankets uh, as it was called in that moment. And we felt safe, happy. And I think it's a, one of the best experiences that I can say that uh, I had in my life I love that you know so you actually you know typically when most people visit another country they, they kind of go into a place of luxury like a hotel the fact that you were to you know be with some local people and experience their hospitality and their culture and the fact that you felt safe you know I think sometimes we kind of have a preconceived idea and we we judge countries based on what we hear by by what people uh, are sharing in the media but then when you go to somewhere like Jordan 
I've never been to Jordan. I, I've met a couple of people that are from Jordan and they've been some of the most humble, beautiful people on the planet. So that kind of doesn't surprise me that you were greeted with, with hospitality, but how rich and the fact that you've been to eight other countries that I didn't know about, especially during a pandemic, that's quite impressive. <laughs> You mentioned the keyword, and of course, as a psychologist, I pick up, you said Georgian. We are Georgian people, and uh, what belongs to us, psychologists, the one beautiful skill that we do not judge people. And when we drop the judgment, we can see a much better layer behind. And discovering this layer without judgment is much more nicer because then, indeed, I have been in a beautiful hotels. We spent uh, lots of money for some trips, but being in a countries as uh, Nigeria or Jordan, somewhere that we saw uh, the really country without uh, expensive hotels, that makes it uh, my experiences more richer. And of course, that's probably why I like traveling. Yeah, and it's wonderful. And uh... I think we can all benefit from your your travel and your exposure to different cultures, which I always find that's that's the most interesting thing about human life is the fact that while you've been to these 55 different countries, everybody that works with you or has a relationship with you or interacts with you benefits from your own personal journey because of what it brings to you and then you can express that in different ways. And, and that's something that I love about human life and why it's important that we all do the best we can in life because we do then impact on those that we interact with, right? Yes. Um, yeah, I do what I can. Yeah, you said we do the best in our life. This is a, one of my uh, often saying sentence, I do what I can. Uh, also when I work with my clients, because that's indeed what we do. If we would be able to do something more, we would do it. So we do what we can. And that's the best. Mm, exactly. Now you were an orphan. And I would love to know, Taya, how, how did you reconcile that within yourself? And do you see that start in your life as something that has served you or hindered you? It's a very good question, Mark. And I often hear this uh, uh, question from a people. Uh, I would say that people would expect from me totally different answer than I would say now. Because I think because I'm orphan, probably I'm sitting now here talking with you and have these achievements what I have in my life. I think we are and our experiences uh, make us where we are. So instead of um, being negative and maybe think about that somebody left me in the orphanage, I took a different approach. Of course, it's thanks to many of my coaches and my friends. I'm very thankful to the people around me who've been in my life and helping me still now, reflecting on my life. Um, because um, I've uh, been in an orphanage, I think I looked on the situation that um, maybe if I would be 
grown up in a different family, I will be totally different person without understanding what it is uh, suffering or being in the shoes of somebody who have been at an early age already deprived from the parents. I think that was the main cause why I become psychologist and I can understand people from my maybe firsthand experiences. So I took this that a life gave me this type of experiences at the beginning of my journey. And I think I'm also thankful to this. Uh, I don't know who my parents are, but I think they have been done the best what they could for me in that situation. And that's maybe sound is very strange, but I think they have done the most what they could do at that moment. And why I think I use it now uh, the same, my uh, non-judgmental approach. I think everybody does and everybody do uh, things what we most possible capable to do. I do what I can. So probably my parents have done the same, my biological parents. So I'm thankful that I've been orphan. And to be honest, I don't remember negative feelings or experiences from that uh, uh, part of my life. Um, and that helps me to think nicer and positiver. And maybe because of those experiences, I want to reach out to the world and find out what, what is there more behind that window. I love that. What a, what a beautiful answer. Uh, Taya, I, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you definitely seem like the sort of person that would never leave anybody behind. And I, I find it interesting, like you said, you know, it took you on this path of being a psychologist where you really wanted to help other people. You've got the frame of what it feels like to, to be left behind, you know, and I, I always find that really interesting in life. You know, I, my own story very much was that I came from a broken family and I was bullied at school because I comfort it. Uh, when my parents divorced, it was my way of kind of protecting myself by eating lots of food and then putting on weight. But the thing is now in life, because I know what it's like to be put to one side and put in the corner, um, it also makes me very sensitive and mindful of including other people, which has become one of my strengths in life. So I find it really fascinating that sometimes the things we go through, especially as a child, uh, once we've done that inner healing work, it then actually becomes our strength. And it means that we can see uh, people that other people don't have the ability to see. That's true. <clears throat> Mark, I'm feeling, uh, of course, very sorry that you have been through this situation. And as you mentioned it, it makes you stronger. Mm. We all know that uh, very nice coping skills, which is not very healthy, but that's all what we know of eating, a comfort eating, and <clears throat> understanding what's happening and why you're doing this and work really reflecting on the inside of your, uh, your uh, inside world, which we call sometimes the inner child. It does help people, <clears throat> all of us, to understand and to become a winner. You see, I would say like a victim or survival 
I will call you Mark that you are survival. So you survive something that life brought to you and you become somebody who is very knowledgeable. This morning I was thinking about you and I wanted to ask Mark, <clears throat> you interview everybody or so many people. What's about you? What is your story? Why did you become somebody who is helping people? You're basically helping me to spread my word to the, to the rest of the world. Where is the word for you that you're spreading? So I find your stories very fascinating because your difficulties, your hardship that you have been go through when you was a child, helps you now to think about other people, other people pain or successes. And that makes it so amazing that you think about other people, not about yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it, I think we very much are testaments of that. I mean, one of my favorite wow. proverbs is he who refreshes others will be refreshed. So there's that sense of when, when you do good to someone else, you do good to yourself. You know, I think that's definitely a part of it. And I also say that none of us can lead anybody from a place we haven't been ourselves before. So the, the people that you're able to reach, Tyre, is based on the fact that you've been to where they are. Uh, therefore, it gives you the mandate and the authority to be able to, to reach people. And I think I am the same way. And in helping others, I help myself. And that's really, I think, the crux, the crux of it. It's amazing, Mark. <clears throat> I think your story is also amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you, like you work specifically with expats. And I know that you use cognitive behavior therapy. You know, we, we hear it as CBT. What, what exactly is CBT and, and how does it work? This is my, one of my favorite uh, question. And I have a very simple explanation. <clears throat> Basically, it is a three steps. The way how we think, and usually I use also my hands uh, to show, to point it to my head, because our brain is extremely loyal. If we think negative, we created negative self-prophecy. And the biggest part uh, in this therapy uh, is to change negative thoughts to positive thoughts. Why? Because what I think, my brain will send a signal to my body. So if I think negative, my body will have a body ache. I will be in a pain and feel miserable. And of course, I will be acting upon those feelings. So it's a basically three step. Think about your head. That's number one. Think about your body is number two. And think about the rest of the world, how you behave towards them is number three. So the way how we go into think will determine how my day will be spent. If I wake up at morning and I feel like, hmm, it's the day that maybe I better stay in my bed, then I'm knowing what I try to do it uh, as my next step. I will think about something positive. So my... Thoughts will be positive. My brain will send a positive signal to my body. I will be happy. And I think I choose to be happy. So basically every morning we can decide, do I want to be happy today? So I choose to be happy. So we basically are a big uh, magician and we can make ourselves happy by change our thoughts. 
I love so that. That's a simple explanation about CBD. Yeah, so the head, the body, and then the rest of the world. Yes. How our thoughts impact. Yeah, I love that. And I, I love that you said that our brains are loyal. And that's, that's, that, that statement there is something to just really ponder and reflect on. Um, you know, we, we hear about neuropathways. You know, we hear, we hear about how we can be triggered and we have the same sort of line of thought and there's almost like tire tracks in our mind and we just deviate uh, and we go down the same road. So that's, that's really interesting to think about that your brain is loyal and how we have to then, as you said, shift those negative to, to the positive like that. That's really good. Really good explanation. Cause, you know, people, people talk about CBT, but I don't think anybody really kind of necessarily explains what it is. And you did that really well. So that was a, a high five. Um, Thank you, Mark. One, one of the like fundamentals that I use myself and believe that it's one of the keys to a person's basic DNA is, is self-awareness. You know, it's so important if we want to grow and move beyond our own limitations and trauma. How, how do you believe we can increase our self-awareness? Okay. This is an uh, extremely important topic and especially uh, in the line of psychologists because me personally, I use this very often, our self-awareness. It's uh, something that I would call that uh, we have a system as a computer. Mm. And the more we know the system, the more we know computer or instruction for computer, the easily it gets to operate the computer. Self-awareness, it's a basically the instructions for our life, how we're going to lead our life. If I know who I am, I can develop myself. If I know who I am, I can acknowledge and change some parts which I don't like it. But if I don't acknowledge, don't know who I am, self-awareness, then it will be very difficult to change something. So basically, the more we know things about ourselves, which is called self-awareness, the better our life will be and process of development that we can create it for ourselves. There is a one simple exercise that everybody can use it. And I would say um, basically to each of my clients, uh, the favorite question, what do you think about yourself in a sense of I am? So it is I am exercise, basically, I am a great mom. My daughter might not agree about this. Uh, I am a <clears throat> warm personality. Uh, I have warm personality. I am a great a girlfriend uh, or friend for my friends. And in this way, we can start to say I am, or I am a person who loves opera, that we can create it a knowledge that's called self-awareness. And then, uh, of course, our brain can help us to select what we like, what we don't like, because everybody have it also, I am, that is not very positive. And then we can look uh, and try to change something, adjust something. So basically, to create a nice, good self-awareness about yourself, it can change the life of uh, everybody. That's wonderful. That's a great exercise. I knew that you would bring something to the table on that one. And 
self-awareness is something for me that's been key to 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 my own own growth knowing what it is that I actually like what it is that I want what it is that you know what is the essence of, of me you know I think people that understand that it really helps them in their personal and their professional uh, progression now we've talked a little bit about the mind how can we practically change our minds so our behavior actions and feelings change for the better you know you, you already said a few moments ago that we have brain loyalty so how, how do we actually go about changing our minds so it does actually serve us for the better okay mark you ask in very interesting questions and uh, <clears throat> i think it is uh, important for each of us to know that we are really capable to change our mind and we can train ourselves. We can train our mind to do that. Indeed, our brain is very loyal because if we basically will have a simple conversation with a brain as uh, thank you very much because you helped me up till now, I would like to change something. I would like to change uh, some negative um, a coping skill to something positive, or I uh, used to have a couple of um, impulsive behaviors in a few different situations. I basically discuss with my brain as I have a nice conversation, as the brain has his own hat and a body and a friend of mine to help me to help me to recognize my behavior, help me to change and to give me some signs. And basically, if you want to find some solution or have some advice, you can ask your brain to look up and give it to you. And we all know those moments that one day we said like, oh, I know. And that's basically because uh, somehow automatically we already ask our brain to help us. And our brain, of course, will give it the answer because as we've been talking about a part of the intuition, we collect information uh, all the whole day, all the time, without we even to recognize. And the brain stored that information somewhere in our, uh, in our head. And when we need it, it gives it to us. So basically, to change our uh, negative behavior or negative thoughts, we just need to uh, first acknowledge that I have something that I want to change and maybe use a little bit of help of a brain to, uh, by having a nice conversation to see if we can try to change or transform and negative thoughts into positive. We always have something positive to learn. We always have some positive ways from any situation that happens. Even though if you have something negative, I always look and say like, if you don't know what positive can happen out of this negative situation, look back in a couple of months and you will see that that was maybe situation that you had to learn something or understand better. Because I think I have had my experiences being orphaned maybe to understand what other people feel. And then I could be the best psychologist for them to help with them pain and them situation and the suffering what they have. So we can find it always positive things from anything that happens in our life. 
And I think that's why, Mark, you and me, we sit now here because those experiences help us to be here and to achieve this and to progress. We just need to want to, to do this. Mm. You've got a beautiful mind, uh, Taya. And, you know, the power of the fr- how we frame things uh, and the narrative and the story we tell and the fact that, you know, because of the fact that you have the perspective and the experience of, of being an, an orphan and how much that's ingrained in you, which, you know, I, I, I reckon that if I w- had the opportunity to speak to some of the closest people to you, they would all say the fact that you're, that you're very hospitable, that you're very warm, that you're very inclusive, very genuine. And I can imagine that to be, to be true because of your own, uh, your own journey. And, and I think you're right. I think what we go through definitely, you know, if we, if we process that correctly, it becomes a gift to other people. So, um, yeah. Have you actually spoke to my friends? Because I think that's exactly what they would say. And the moment like now with uh, having a self-reflection on myself, I become more closer to the realization than the people around me. It's a huge reflection on myself, but also they give in so much um, help for me to be who I am. And I think it's two-way traffic. We give it, but we receive it also. It's taken and given. Mm. There's one thing that I kind of had as a challenge and I've made great progress on it, but I think other people probably have this sort of challenge too. So I think it's, I would love to get some of your stare on this one. Criticism and praise have have an impact on me uh, in the past more so. Like I said, I have made progress with it. How do we stay consistent in our mood despite these very polar opposite kind of expressions? How, how do we keep consistent so criticism or praise doesn't elevate us or deflate us? This is uh, indeed also a very important topic, and I often uh, have to deal with this in my uh, <clears throat> line of work. Criticism and price. You see, criticism, we have two different criticism. It is destructive and constructive. If people give me constructive criticism, please give it to me every day, the whole day, because I learn from this. If people give me something that is called destructive criticism, and <clears throat> that's basically they forget all kind of uh, assertive or they are not assertively expressing them criticism to me, then basically I have one sentence to say, I'm afraid I'm not agree with you. And that's it, because criticism, it is opinion from somebody else. Did it help us? Mm. No, if this is constructive criticism, it can help us. But destructive criticism, I would not like to have in my life. A price, if somebody would give you reward or compliment, that's a great way of encourage people, raise children, but also we all need this. So basically, if you receive criticism that is not constructive 
I would not pay much attention to something that is called destructive criticism because it's somebody else's opinion. And it's just somebody else's opinion. It's not my opinion and it's not fact. Mm -hmm. So basically, uh, if the question was that you had a challenge, you've been raised on a criticism and a price, I hope people price you a lot, but hopefully that criticism which you catch along the uh, road to be now where you are, help you to be here. But then looking back, you can try to understand that not everything that people try to give to us is good. And it probably does come back down to self-awareness again, doesn't it? Because my favorite poem is If, and it talks about um, greeting triumph and uh, I think it's hostility or something like that in the same breath that, that neither will waver you off, off track because you know who you are and you're able to reflect on when you need to maybe adjust, apologize or take the lesson. So really good. I've got one last final question for you before... Uh, you can share anything else that's burning tire or anything else that you want to share and obviously let people know how they can interact with you. Um, but one thing I wanted to just quickly ask you about is assertive communication. You know, what is assertive communication and why is it really important for us to be assertive? Mark, you have done your work good, good uh, homework good, because you keep asking me very interesting questions, and I love it. Being assertive, it is extremely important for each of us. If we have three ways of uh, behaving, it will be passive way, it could be aggressive, and assertive in something like golden maiden. And what is assertive communication? It means I stood up for myself without hurting other people. I am nicely expressing myself and my needs in a clear way and not hurt other people. So we can criticize people in a really nice way using a couple of assertive formulas that we can learn. And it is really very simple and especially uh, how we can say no to people. There are three ways of saying no to people. And while we're going to learn this formula and starting to implement, it's very nice and makes us more self-aware of who we are. It built our self-esteem and our confidence because we see we can communicate assertively, effectively, and it works. It makes us proud. And of course, that our self-esteem and self-confidence will grow a lot because of this. So I would advise to everybody look up for those couple of formulas, how to be assertive. And maybe one of the golden tip for being assertive, starting to say, I feel, I feel that this conversation is extremely interesting for our uh, people uh, who listen to us today. And I hope they're going to take it uh, the best way uh, of our approach. We have tried to reach and spread the word to maybe for the rest of the world to understand that uh, our life can be happy and beautiful 
And as I always say, I am the author of my own book. So I'm the one who can decide and will decide, and I am deciding how I'm going to live. And I decide to live my happy life despite whatever happens to me. I take everything on board, what life give it to me, and try to turn and transfer in something positive, beautiful, and nice, and enjoyable. And I hope everybody who listens this will try to take the advice and look on the Mark story, how difficult it was for him. And I see he's smiling uh, to me. So he's happy also and hope everybody will try to find them happiness in their life. Love that. It's been a beautiful, intriguing interview, Tyre. How do people find out more about you? I have a several websites uh, that me and my team uh, <clears throat> created to reach people. I will uh, provide uh, several email addresses that the people can reach me uh, on it. And I will be very happy to meet people if they would like to meet me or if they, they needed any help because I have a great team that's happy to help anybody who want to be helped love that love it anything else that you want to say before before we end i i thank you so much for for your story and your your mind <clears throat> thank you mark for inviting me and helping me to tell my story in a such nice way and a fun that's what uh, was one of my aim I wanted to tell, of course, thank you for everybody who helped me or being with me. I would never be able to achieve so far and being here where I am without the people around me, the people that the names was not mentioned. But I'm very thankful for this amazing people who've been with me and still also with me in my life and helping me in my uh, great journey. Loved it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for joining this episode with me, Mark Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.